0: As we continued to see how God was working in the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, it's just been amazing to me how he proved to be so powerfully true in everything he did. Uh, Even a different guide was assigned to me uh, for my last two weeks when I was a DPRK. He was wonderful. Man, was he good. He had been ambassador to Cuba and spoke beautiful Spanish was the one who asked me for salt, and was surprised by the rapid and generous answer that came when I prayed. Um, We uh, even spoke in Spanish sometimes, and upset the other interpreters, and uh, and they would get edgy, and we'd have to switch back to English. But at the airport, on the day of my departure for America, he asked, what would you say about us when you get home? I replied, my assignment Mr. Kim, from my God, to help your people, not to criticize you or your country. Oh, thank you," he replied, and added, "and added, your face will be welcome in any delegation that comes to our country." Folks, that was a supreme compliment for an American to receive. Whoa, it chokes me up even when I think about it. Well, when my when my flight was called. He shook my hand and said, One final request, sir. Many of the rural children you saw in the countryside do not have winter coats. It'll be zero degrees centigrade. That's 30 degrees Fahrenheit. Or 32 degrees Fahrenheit. In these unheated classrooms, can you help us get winter coats? (laughs) How many do you need, I asked. He responded, 180000 would really help. Oh, I said, I do not have any, but I will pray about it. Good, he replied with wide eyes and a huge smile. Oh man, God has been and is still doing his work in the impossible situation. Just trust him. The International Mission Board received my recommendations for 22 possible projects to help the DPRK and help keep the door open ministry there. They were excited about the winter coat project. They were so excited <laughs> that they rushed the idea to the Southern Baptist Convention churches. Wow, the SBC churches made a tremendous coat drive. In January, we had over 75,000 winter coats and enough money to buy 25,000 more. And they would be, I'd get them in China and they would be fur-lined hoods uh, with furland hoods and also uh, uh, gloves. Other funds and supplies were collected, we were char- and we chartered an AN-124, that's a Russian aircraft. We, we barred it from the Ukraine. At the time, it was the largest aircraft available in the world. It carried the 75,000 winter coats, 20,000 pounds of pediatric medicines, and 40,000 pounds of seed corn. I went through China and bought 25,000 coats. While I was distributing these in the northern provinces, the plane landed in Pyongyang and began to distribute its cargo. On board the plane was another answered prayer. It was a rancher from Arizona who spoke Korean. He'd been in contact with us and expressed his calling from God to work in the DPRK. The miracle in this was his anointing by God to establish relationships with North Koreans. It had taken me three months to gain the trust and the respect of the people. They called it gaining faith. He gained face with them in four days. It was as if I had handed him the baton in the relay race. The ministry never slowed down. Instead, it has continued to gain momentum. That ministry continues. The DPRK asked our new leader if he would give his organization a non-religious name uh, that did not sound like it was helping a helpless country. didn't want to sound like Africa. Well, since Amigos Internacionales was a part of the consortium of the five groups, it had to leave when the consortium project closed. The end of the three months. <coughs> the rancher and the DPRK representative agreed on the organisation Global Resource Services. <coughs> For 14 years, that group has worked miracles in helping the people of the DPRK. I have been blessed with the opportunity <coughs> to continue to minister to the DPRK through this organization. Folks, I'm sorry. But I worked three months at Ground Zero in New York. And I picked up asthma as a result of it. And I'm having a problem this morning. So forgive me for ending this session now. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast today is to help you understand how to work with God and how God works with you, how to coordinate. Also to trust Him when things look impossible because everything is possible with Him. Uh, but in the ministry that I had to the Deep Democratic People's Republic of Korea, or we know as North Korea, it's been buried in nothing short of miraculous. The group Global Resource Services, that started with my last um, entrance there has been able to accomplish more than I could ever have imagined. As with Disaster Unit and its ministry, um, God uses me in initial phase of of the work, but replaced me with people who had the ability to grow and develop the ministry. People who were visionaries. You see, the key to coordinate uh, in. To be coordinated in God's work, in in His service, is to work at the ministry with all your heart, but never let it get in your heart as your possession. Keep it in your hand, as you do with all of God's given resources. Nothing is yours to keep. Always be ready to hand the baton to the next runner that God puts in the race. I have been invited by Global Resource Services to participate in several of their ministries in North Korea. The one I've chosen to share in this vignette was the medical ministry in which my son and I served together. What a joy to work side by side with my son. He's a neonatal pediatric surgeon and we work together in the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. The Global Resource Services leader put out a request from the uh, North Korea for training in laparoscopic surgery for years my unofficial junk for jesus operation had been the benefactor of several east texas hospitals surplus property departments so i volunteered to look for equipment i always began my search with prayer since i was looking for thousands of dollars worth of equipment (laughs) i prayed a lot my son i call him john too and uh, he's a junior and one of his partners, Tom Renard, both uh, pediatric surgeons, volunteered to go as instructors. John, too, had served with me in the BAM Iran earthquake in January. And now, a few months later, we were headed to the Democratic Peoples of Republic Republic of Korea together. Uh, John, too, recommended that I look for the type of equipment that he usually uses in his practice. In my file, I found an old contact with the Stryker company. When I called, the person answering said the former salesman had retired, but he kept the same cell phone number. Well, when I explained what I was looking for, he paused and said, Meet me at my warehouse in Tyler, Texas tomorrow. His first words to me at the warehouse were, Dr. John, I've been praying that God would let me have a ministry through my job. Your call was a great blessing. Actually, this man got his company to donate two full sets of laparoscopic surgical equipment. Probably several hundred thousand dollars worth in used equipment. I went into the packing crates. Before we we packed it up, he set up a training session to instruct me how to set up operate the equipment and do minor repairs they did not teach that in seminary believe me my prayers were answered so far but i was not through seeking god's guidance I guarantee. what tools what supplies what electrical meters and mechanical apparatus should i take what spare parts should we need everyone one was telling me i was gathering too much stuff and we would not need any of it because everything we needed was packed. I kept accumulating and packing and praying. The staff of the hospital and medical school in Pyongyang gave us a great reception, a great welcome. Then the unpacking began. I began to hear pop, 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 pop. I turned around and saw two young nurses popping the bubble wrap. (laughs) Some things were the same in all the cultures of the world. We laid the equipment cables and other items on long tables to organize them. The items were arranged in sequence of connection. Suddenly, a doctor stepped into the room. He grabbed a camera cable, held it up, and said, this is just the connector I need, as he cut the five pin connector off with his scissors and left the room. My spare parts box had a bag of those connectors and extra cable, no problem. It could have been a showstopper. (laughs) John 2 said, Dad, we're in trouble. The hospital only has 20 of the titanium clips used to close veins, arteries and ducts and stuff. I brought 80 in my pocket. We can't do much with so few clips. I asked if there was some other way to close them. He said, well, yes, the old way was to use sutures. You tied the knot outside the body and run it down around the vessel with a knot pusher or called an endo loop. But I have to work through a five millimeter trocar. That's a tubular device that penetrates the abdominal wall. So it must be very small in diameter. A knot pusher, I asked? Yes, he said, and he drew pictures of two types. I got two large stainless steel key rings made of the right diameter metal. I straightened them out into rods, flattened the ends, notched and drilled 1.5 millimeter holes in them. Then I buffed and polished the work so no chafing of the sutures would occur. You see, God led me to pack metalworking tools and a Dremel tool kit with all the drill bits and polished wheels i actually used some if not all of everything i brought my god is so good and i'm so glad i listened to him when i packed dr john too said dad i did not know you could do that i replied well son i never needed to until now when the surgery began i had an additional task of monitoring the combination voltage regulator and uninterrupted power supply. It would bring any voltage above 187 volts up to 220, but it came from only from 187 volts That was the bottom that it could change it up to 220. Well, when I monitored the hospital electrical system, it never had more than 189 volts on the line. If it dropped below 87 volts, an alarm would sound, signaling the failure and the starting of the 15 minutes until shutdown process. Well, during the surgery, the power would drop about every 20 minutes. The alarm would sound. I would lay hands on it and start praying, panic praying, if you please. When the voltage came up and the alarm shut off, I would lift one hand from the machine, raise it high, and praise God in my my baby costs away. I'm sorry. That's just me. The first surgery chosen for training was an extremely difficult one. John, too, and Tom did a miraculous job that amazed all the doctors. The head surgical nurse came out, leaned against the wall, and said, Your son is amazing. He worked like magic. He is precious. You guard him well. I visited the hospital three years later, and the staff said, Halabaji, your son's name is held in high esteem among us. Halabaji is grandfather in Korean. That's so much better than being the hated American monitor, which I was for 13 years. When I visited the operatory, the nurses held up my endoscope and (laughs) yelled, one of the blessings of the 13-year ministry in the DPRK been <laughs> the transformation from that American monarch to, to grandfather. Oh, God is so good. As I write this manuscript, the powerful love and respect for the people of North Korea swells up in my heart. I love them so much because God loves them so much. And he has permitted me to be an expression Of his love to them. Oh, uh, by the way, at the debriefing at the end of my first trip to the DPRK, one of my guides said, Dr. John, while you were here, you prayed more than Dr. Billy Graham. I replied, "Uh, Mr. Kim, I needed it more. Well, God bless you for listening. I hope you have a great day and may this podcast be a blessing to you.